The following is brought to you by Canyon Ridge Church at Tacoma. For additional podcasts or information on service times and upcoming events, please visit us online at www.explorecrc.com. Exactly one year ago on this day, the Lord inspired our leadership team, all of the pastors and staff, to set aside an entire year and focus on prayer. Specifically, the prayer to break the growth barrier that we felt we were up against in our church. So we started that out with a prayer guide, which was new, something that we'd never done before. We developed these prayer guides, passed them out, and then we had prayer workshops, we had prayer evenings, worship and prayer, and and consistently every month challenged everyone to get a prayer guide and start going through that and start praying and start setting aside every single day time with the Lord to pray and read his word. And so in November, we took a poll of the church and found that 58% of you were using the prayer guide every day, or at least most of every week, spending a minimum of 20 minutes in prayer and Bible study. Now, that is absolutely a miracle. I hope you realize that. You probably don't think that that's a big deal, but I guarantee you that there, that is in the minority of churches across America, okay, Churches of 5,000 or 10,000 have a very small portion of those Christians actually doing what we're doing. Now, maybe it's more difficult to accomplish it on a church that size, more easier for us. But nonetheless, 58% engaged with their prayer guide and the Lord every day. And so then we made an extra hard push. Up until the end of the year, we added another 13 more, so we're we're somewhere around 68, 69% now as we are today, that are actively in the morning praying and reading the word and studying. So that is just absolutely amazing, but it's only the beginning. It's just the beginning. There's so much more work that needs to be done in prayer, and so Many people have asked me, what are we going to do this year? Are we going to keep that? Are we have different focus? And what we're going to do is we're going to stay with that and keep with it because I believe that God wants CRC to be a praying church. So we're going to continue with the prayer guide. And as you see, it's there on your seat this morning. Take the new copy. It's actually really well done. This one here has uh, readings for 1 Timothy. Because we'll be studying uh, Timothy here shortly, as well as um, a little extra there in the book of Proverbs. And then you also have here a little flyer that tells you about every night of the prayer summit this week. So I hope that you will take that with you today and mark on your calendar sometimes to be here to pray with us. One of the most important questions you can ask when studying prayer is, why did Jesus pray? Jesus was God, and we pray to God, and it's obvious why. We're human, okay? If anything, we really need prayer. 
But does the Son of God need prayer? He's God. He can do anything. Why did Jesus pray? If he could do anything and get anything and have anything, then why did he pray? Well, I think there's immediately three reasons that come up why Jesus prayed. Obvious reasons. One was that it was, it was an example to us. That's obvious. He prayed because he wants us to pray. He said that very thing. He gave us the Lord's Prayer. When the disciples came to Jesus, they said, Lord, teach us to pray. Okay? Teach us how to pray. And so he gave us a prayer outline. The Lord's Prayer is not meant to be recited in prayer. Okay? That's not what he, the intent was. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. That, that wasn't said. Jesus wasn't giving that so they could recite it over and over and over and over in prayer. And we know that because he specifically said, don't do that. I'll get to that in a minute. It's an outline. All right? And so it gives you topics. It says the way you begin prayer with God is you address the Father. That's how you start. He said, our Father in heaven. Now, to them, that was incredibly radical at the time. We've gotten used to it. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Glory to your name. Father, I worship you. King of kings, Lord of lords, I have no words to explain and to show you how much I love you and adore you. You are my hope and my future and my life. Okay, that's how it goes. It's not a reciting. It's more of... This is the topic. Start with worship. Start with gratitude. Start with thanks. When you open your mouth and say, Father in heaven, don't go right into asking what you need. Don't go right into all your needs. Start with worship, thanks, gratitude. Then go into your needs, okay? I pray that your kingdom would come and be established on earth in my family, in my children, how we live our lives, in our church. And then you go on and on and on from there. It's a outline. Remember that and incorporate that into your prayer life every single day. So Jesus taught us how to pray, and he prayed by example. Number two, the incarnation consists of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We know that the three are always enthroned together in their glory together, loving one another, accomplishing the mission of God. And it includes the divine nature of Jesus and his human nature. The two have become one. And so on the human side of Jesus' life, he needed prayer to accomplish the mission that he had. He was also a man, fully God, fully man. He needed prayer. And then the last one, the Trinity, is communication between the three members of the Trinity, Father, Holy Spirit, and Jesus. So let's take a few moments and, and do a careful study of how Jesus prayed and why. Learning from the prayer life of Jesus. Number one, we'll start with the obvious. Jesus prayed because he needed to. Luke tells us in 5.16 that Jesus often withdrew to the wilderness to pray. 
Jesus understood the value, the value of being connected with the Father every single day. That it was absolutely important to have communion with God each day. Now, would you say that your day at work or in you live your life, you know, if you're a mother, you're raising the children, taking care of the homes, whatever you're called to do, it's important to you, isn't it? Because if you don't do those things, bad things will happen, right? All right, you don't go to work, what happens? They fire you. So you've got to do those things. We all wake up every single day and we have a list of things we got to do. And it's important to us. Well, how important do you think the Son of God's schedule was? Literally, every moment of his life is ordained by God the Father, and all of the angels are at work making sure that what everything Jesus does is done exactly the way it is supposed to be done. Now, if you were that important and that busy, You might not spend time in prayer. In fact, the busier you are, often the less prayer you're doing. But that is absolutely not the case with Jesus. In fact, I believe that, and I I believe I can show you today, that the more busy Jesus was, the more he prayed, not the less. The more he prayed. He saw it as absolutely critical to his life and to his mission to spend time with the Father every single day. Listen to this. This comes out of the book of Psalms. Psalm 1, 1 through 3. Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked or stand around with sinners or join in with mockers, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. These are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all they do. Now, he's obviously making a comparison of your spiritual vitality to this plant that is planted in in a healthy place where it gets lots of nutrients And it grows and it produces great things. That's the picture that I believe that the Bible is giving us as to what prayer does. When we are in prayer, using your 20-minute mornings every day, you're feeding your soul. You're giving your soul life. You ever feel like... Maybe at the end of some day and you've been working hard and going fast. Life seems like it's going by at Mach 5. And you feel so empty inside. You ever feel that way? Like, there's just, like your soul is just dying inside. That's because you're not taking care of it. You're not filling it. You're not feeding it. So you may be fat and plump on the outside... But on the inside, you're a skinny, dying skeleton. And so this prayer every day feeds your soul, causes you to be fruitful in ministry. 
You cannot be actively serving God and in ministry apart from prayer. If you do that, you know what happens? We hear about it all the time. All the time. Even, even people we would never think would do some terrible things, they go out and do terrible things because they were so busy in ministry that they didn't have any time to spend time with God. And the result of that was adultery, drugs, homosexual affairs, on and on and on. And whole churches are just destroyed, devastated, because their pastors were so busy working in the ministry, they lost sight of their own need to get with God. Because I'll tell you this, when you every single morning are getting up and spending time with God and you're communing with him, you're not having an affair. It ain't happening. It is not happening. The Holy Spirit will be on you. You won't hear a thing. You'll hear nothing but don't have an affair. Get away from that person. Get right with me. Turn away. Repent. You're in sin. You'll hear that over and over and over and over, and every piece of the Bible will say it. That's all you'll see. Because it becomes a fence to fence you in from those kinds of things, those being drawn into sin. Do you know when you're engaged in ministry, the devil doesn't want that. He hates you. He wants to take you out. He doesn't want you doing that. So he'll start attacking you with all kinds of things. Your only defense is to spend time with God every day. Fill your soul with him. Commune with the Holy Spirit and you will be spiritually stout. You'll be strong. You'll be able to look at that temptation and go, I don't need that. I don't want to hurt what I have with the Lord. I don't want to offend Jesus. I'm not going to do that. And you'll find your character changes, your whole life changes. It's just absolutely critical. I could go on and on and on all day about this and how important it is, the need for it. Um, and I want to promise you that I myself, I, I am not a prayer giant of any stretch of the means, but I tell you, church, I am being faithful to the Lord. I spend time with the Lord every single day. I, am, I don't have hidden sin. I'm walking in holiness. And if you don't believe me, you go ask my family. Just go ask them. Ask any of my boys, my wife. My parents, anybody you go ask them, they'll tell you exactly about me. Number two, Jesus prayed with other people. He prayed for people, and he prayed alone. This is really important. Mark 1.35 says, Before daybreak in the morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. He wanted to be alone in prayer, and you need that time alone. If you don't have a place where you can go just by yourself and not be distracted by the kids or the TV or the radio or anything else like that, then you're not getting what you need, okay? You're not getting enough. Because and there are times when you're all alone, that's when you can really talk about things that are utterly, incredibly private to you. God knows everything. But, it, but sometimes we need to talk to him about those things. You can't do that when you're always with people, you're listening to the radio, or what have you. So you need a quiet place set aside all by yourself 
But you also need to pray with others and pray for other people. So parents, start your children young. Start them at two years old, okay? And you get in their room, you kneel on their bed with them, you kneel, they kneel together on the bed, and you pray. Start out with something like, you know, now I lay me down to sleep, okay? But don't stay there. Progress with it. As they get older, six, seven, you, 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 can, you correct your children in prayer. Now, we've done this in our house, and the first time you do it, they're all, ah, you offended, I'm praying, and you tell me I did it wrong. <laughs> but they learn. Okay, they learn how to pray. And the only way they can learn is if you say, now, honey, when you said that, you say it this way. You say this. You don't teach them according to the way Jesus taught the disciples. And by the time your kids are teenagers, they will be well acquainted with prayer. They will have no fear, no qualms about praying publicly, praying out loud, praying in front of people, nothing to them. And you can see when a person does pray out loud, how developed their prayer life is. It's obvious. It's revealed. And it's why most people don't want to pray out loud. Because why? Everyone will know they don't have a prayer life. What would you think of somebody who got up here and we asked them, come up here and say a prayer. And their prayer went something like this. Oh God, Father, Jesus, Father, Lord God. We just God need Father, Jesus, Lord, Lord Jesus, trees on the hills, Lord God, weather fine. Amen. What would you say? Uh, something's wrong with that. But if somebody stood up here, they closed their eyes, they forget anybody else is there, and they begin to just talk to God. There's something about that that is absolutely right. You see? You can tell the difference. Well, you need to learn how to pray for others and out loud and alone because that's what Jesus did. If you're a Christian and you're never praying for other people, something is wrong. You're you're missing something. You should be praying for all kinds of people all the time, every day, just as Jesus did. He told us that he was praying for us and he showed us that he was praying for us. He prayed with us. He prayed out loud. So, That is so very important. Number three, Jesus always prayed where he was. Mark 6, 46. After telling everyone goodbye, he went up to the hills by himself to pray. Some people think that you have to be in the church to pray. So they never pray except when they're here on Sunday. You got to be in a holy place to pray. What does that come from? Well, it comes from the Catholic Church, comes from Islam, it comes from Hinduism, comes from Buddhism, but it doesn't come from Christianity. So Christians pick up those concepts from the other religions because they believe that prayer must be done in a specific location. All right? You have to be in the right place to be able to pray. Jesus prayed wherever he was. It did not matter. It would be in somebody's living room, somebody's backyard, on a horse, uh, in the synagogue. It didn't matter. Anywhere. Pray where you are. Now, I was thinking about this. Is there an inappropriate place to pray? 
I couldn't come up with one. Maybe you can. If you can, let me know. All right? I couldn't come up with any place that would be inappropriate to pray. If you got one, let me know. So pray at work. Pray at school. Pray in your car. Pray in the ball field. Pray in your house. Pray everywhere you are. Number four. Jesus prayed for short periods of time, and he prayed for long periods of time. And we can see in the New Testament at least half a dozen times, Jesus prayed all through the night. All night, so eight to ten hours straight of prayer. Now, I would assume that all of you have prayed for short periods of time. Is that a fair assumption? Raise your hand if you've prayed for short periods of time. Okay, it's about all of us, right? How many of you have prayed all night long? <laughs> Not very many. So what's wrong with that? It's you're lopsided, okay? Because Jesus modeled for us short periods of time and long periods of time. So you're up against a big decision. You and your wife are deciding whether or not to adopt. Big decision. Huge decision. Right, honey? I've been working on her for a while to adopt some kids, but she's not budging. And we raised four. It turned out great. I figured we'd do four more. She's like, yeah, with somebody else. Maybe you're going to buy a house. Maybe you're going to sell your business. Maybe you're going to buy a business. You know, you're making a big decision. It would be totally appropriate to spend two, three, four, five, six hours in prayer. Take the day off. Drive up to Mount Rainier. Grab your Bible and a pen, pad. Spend the day with God, seeking his face, asking him, communing with him, reading his word. I guarantee you, you will come off of that mountain with everything you need. Everything you need. If you'll do that. If you'll honor God that way, he will honor you and help you and tell you what you need to do. Jesus did it that way. We need to do it that way. 20-minute mornings is just a primer. So if you've been doing that all year long, let's say you you started in January like most of us did. You've been doing it all year long. You should be way beyond 20 minutes by now. You you should be up to around an hour. Okay? 20 minutes is just the primer, just the starter. You will find the more you spend time in prayer, that there isn't enough time in the day to pray. Not enough time. You know, I I could spend two, four, eight hours in prayer and study, but I got to go to work, unfortunately. We got to cook a meal. You got to clean the house. You know, you got to do stuff. So we can't do that every day. But you'll find that communing with God is the most precious and important and coveted time of your day. And you're not going to give that up to anyone or anything. Number five, then we'll do one more and we'll be done. 
Jesus prayed in conversation mode. This is so important. This is so important. Jesus prayed like he was having a conversation. And that was bizarre for them. They had never seen that before. Okay? Prayer prior to that was in formula, repetitive. Maybe you would pray, pray the Psalms, something like that. Muslims pray repetitively. Mus- if, look it up. You can look up the, the, the five times a day prayer that the Muslims do. Okay? It's, they all, across the world, they're all saying the exact same thing. It's, it's two phrases repeated over and over and over. Okay? They pray repetitive prayers. Listen to this. Matthew 6, 7 and 8. Jesus is talking and he says this. When you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them. For your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. God does not want to hear you say, give me a new car, I need a new car. God, I need a new car, I need a new car. Please give me a car, I want a new car. That is stupid. Okay? The angels are laughing at you. It's a conversation. We don't babble on. That's how we know that the Lord's Prayer isn't supposed to be recited over and over. Because he said, don't do that. Okay? It's a conversation. God is a person. He's a person. When you get to heaven, you're going to see Jesus. He's a person. Okay? So it's, it's not, you're not a robot. You're not a slave. You're a son. You're a daughter. Go before God. Share your heart. Be real. Let it all out. Be real with God. He already knows all your sins, okay? In the Lord's Prayer, when Jesus taught us the Lord's Prayer, do you know where he put confession? He put it in the middle. Isn't that amazing? That's amazing to me. Because if I was God, I'd start with confession, right? I mean, you sinful wretch, deal with that, and then we'll talk, right? That's what I would do. God doesn't do that. He says, start with gratitude and worship. And this is really amazing. Amazing. Catch this. The kindness of God. You know what the second thing is? Your needs. Give us our daily bread. Lord, I got some needs. I got to pay the mortgage. Help me. Then comes confession. That is beautiful. That's absolutely beautiful. It's a conversation. It's not a spiritual dump session. And I know... When you are in crisis mode, okay, you're in crisis mode, trial's coming, so sometimes your prayers aren't that eloquent, okay? It's basically, oh God, oh God, get me out of this or I'll die, right? It's 911, it's, it's uh, I'll, I'll never surf the internet for porn again if you fix this, I'll never talk to that person, I'll never do this, I'll quit smoking weed. You know, you just go through your list, making deals with God, just so he'll have mercy on you. It's meant to be a conversation, So how does that work? Well, I'll tell you. It's very simple. You pray. You talk to God. Stop. Read his word. His word is him talking to you. Okay? He's talking back to us through his word. 
So you pray, you read. You pray, you read. You pray, you read. You pray, you read. And you start in 1 Timothy this week. There you go. Boom. You got it. Okay? That's a conversation. That's you talking. That's him talking. That's him listening, you listening. That's a conversation. And that's how it is meant to be. Final one, number six. Jesus understood, this is so important, these are all important, but he understood that when it comes to prayer, God is in charge. God is in charge. Matthew 26 and 39, this is Jesus, he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. He's praying with the disciples. Matthew says that he went a little beyond them, fell on his face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. He's talking about the crucifixion. Yet not as I will, but as you will. You've got to get used to the fact that you can offer up any prayer you want at any time. And God will hear it. But it is up to him how he answers that prayer or whether or not he even answers that prayer. It is up to him. He is God. You're not. He's sovereign. He knows. You know the reason why? There's a, a simple, great, simple reason why. Why does God say no to our prayers? Because he sees the beginning and the end. And he knows that if he grants you that prayer, it'll be worse off than if he says no to it. So every time he says no, it's because that, that, that prayer doesn't fit with his divine plan for your life and his sovereignty. And I'll tell you, sometimes that makes no sense to me at all. For about seven years, I've been praying every day, oh God, please heal me. Take away this pain. I don't want this pain. Oh God, yesterday afternoon I sat in my chair and I just, just for 15 minutes, just, oh God, please, just get me through this. Just help me, God, please, please, please. Be merciful to me, God. I don't want this anymore. And he doesn't, he didn't, he heard it. I know he heard it. But he didn't answer it. And I don't understand why. I don't know how having all that pain is a good thing. But I have to trust that he knows. He knows. At the face value, the cross does not look like a good thing, does it? All the disciples were screaming and crying. They'd never seen such horror in their life. It felt like defeat. But it wasn't. It was victory. And somehow, my suffering will be God's victory and for his glory. I don't know how that is, but I know that it is. Not every prayer is going to be answered the way you want it, in the timing you want it. So many times, so many times, I've told the Lord, I need this by Monday at 2. And I was serious. I really did. Had to have it. And he said, nope, you're getting it on Thursday. (sighs) You know, you've had that happen too. He decides which prayers are answered, which ones are not. 
when they're answered and how they're answered. Have you ever uh, prayed to God for something and he answered that, but he did it in a way that you never expected? And looking at how he answered that prayer, you realize his way was better all along. Had he done it the way you thought it would be, it wouldn't have been as good. That's our loving father who knows us so well and knows what we really need. He knows the right timing. God always responds to faith. I don't have time to go into all the scriptures on that, but Jesus marveled at faith and said that faith was the key to prayers being answered. So God hears all prayers, but only responds to faith. And so finally we come to this, the big point of today. This is it right here. The big question of the morning is this. You ready? (laughs) One of you is ready. (laughs) Jesus, I believe, is the son of God. I believe he was born of a virgin. He lived his life. Hundreds of people knew him. He gave his life. He ascended into heaven. Hundreds of people saw that. And he's king of kings and lord of lords. I believe that right now he stands on the throne of God with the Father. That he's in all of his glory. That he's interceding for us. So if the Son of God engaged in prayer all the time in all these ways that I just laid out for you. Why aren't you? Why aren't you? You've got some reasons. But if you think about them long enough, they're all excuses. You're in control of your own life. (laughs) Don't tell me the devil made you do it. Don't tell me your wife did it. Don't blame it on your kids. Don't blame it on your health or your job or your boss. It all boils down to nothing but excuses. And here's this. I wonder how our excuses offend the Lord. I'm no prayer giant, that is for sure. I struggle with prayer and my flesh just like you do. And we've made a lot of great progress so far, 2016, great progress. I'm so pleased, so proud of you. You've done awesome. But it's just the beginning. We're just getting started. There's so much more to do. We have a thing at our church called pre-service prayer. You may have heard of it. We, we, we had it for about, what, half of a year? We had previous prayer or more. And, and so far, we've got about 1% of the church participating. Can we do better than that? I think we can. It starts, at, uh, the irony of that is I didn't go today. I missed it. I'm blaming it on the snow. (laughs) 
So it's at 1030. Church is 1107. Big deal. Another half hour or so. If you got kids and little ones, okay, I get it. Forget you. Stay home. But everybody else, come on. A little bit earlier. Show up here, 1030. Join us for prayer. 15 minutes is all. I'm not going to make you pray out loud, okay? Although you should, but I'm not going to make you. And, and you'll find that you get so much more out of the service. Your heart is so much more prepared to hear the talk for that day. We can do better with that. We're going to have more prayer workshops. We're going to have more nights of prayer and worship this year. And I think we need to up our involvement and our commitment across the board, all of us. I believe God wants CRC to be a praying church. I don't care what he's doing with the rest of the churches. I I don't know. I don't even look into it. Okay, I'm just focused here. And I believe we need to pray. So will you help me make CRC a praying church? Will you? Let's hear it all at once here. Will you? Yes. Great. Great. Praise the Lord. It's the answer that I wanted. Stand up with me. Let's cap off the prayer summit today with some prayer ourselves. And let's go to the Father in prayer. Father in heaven, our, our intent today is to become a praying church. I think we're already on our way. There's so much more to do. There's so many hurdles and roadblocks that are ahead of us. But I pray, Father, that you would take us through every single one. You can do this, Lord. I know you can do this. This is a God-sized problem that's tailor-made for you to turn all of us into mighty prayer warriors. And we'd be known for the prayer that goes on here. That other churches and other leaders around the region would come to us and say, teach us how to pray. That our children know how to pray. Our teenagers are committed to prayer. Young men, older men, that we'd be a praying church. Lord, we start 2017 laying our lives before you. We lay our church before you. This doesn't belong to us. It belongs to you. God, cleanse us of our wickedness. Forgive us of our sins and give us mercy. Help us to become close to you, to learn how to walk with you closely day by day. And for those, Lord, that are struggling, they find the 20-minute mornings hard and a struggle. Help them, Lord. Help them. Help them. Show them your love. Connect with them. Help them grow. Help them become great prayer warriors. So with your eyes closed, we're still in this this moment of prayer. I wonder if you wouldn't just... Pray under your breath or even silently. If you want to become a prayer warrior, ask God to make you that. Ask him to turn you into that. Just go ahead and do that right now. Lord, make me a prayer warrior. 
Turn me into a man of prayer. I can't do it myself. I need your help. And I ask that you would turn women into prayer warriors and men into prayer warriors. And I ask that you would do it in us today. In the name of Jesus Christ, everybody said, Amen. Amen.